in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my daughter, who I will not designate as a millennial anymore because the last I heard, she had, uh, what was that called, that thumb? You called it millennial thumb. Millennial thumb. My recovering millennial thumb. <laughs> My recovering <laughs> millennial thumb daughter and co-host, Lauren Simonian. Welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed. Teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Father. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I actually am fully recovered from Millennial Thumb, so I thought you'd be happy to know that my texting is back up to speed. How are you feeling today? <sighs> feeling bur burnt out. Burnt out? Yeah. What are you burnt out from? Podcasting? Podcasts are burning me out. Oh, no. Yeah, it's the truth. Oh, well. Well, that's our topic for today. Bing! <laughs> <laughs> and then does my voice bring you out of that burnt out feeling? Yeah, you sound like you've recovered quickly. <laughs> I have. I am no longer feeling burnt out. But Great. seriously, being burnt out, that's it's not a laughing matter. But, you know, we need to relativize it. We need to help people understand it a bit more. Burnout is a significant problem. 77% of American professionals reported feeling burnt out at some point in their careers. Yeah, it seems like especially in America, that seems to be the case. I know a lot of other countries really value more of the work-life balance. So in other countries throughout the world, there's... I believe, less burnout, because I also was reading that article, and it said that by age 32, a high percentage of Americans are, are experiencing burnout in their, in their work um, hmm. life, which is, yeah, kind of shocking. Yeah, when I was 32, I felt burnt out, so you can imagine where I feel now. Oh, gosh. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Well, we're going to be talking about different, you know, and there's different types of burnout. We'll be talking about them as parental burnout. I mean, with COVID, let's just, before we get into that in, in any depth, I mean, that's a serious issue with kids at home and all that we've gone through. I mean, you being a teacher, you, you've seen that first rate, haven't you? Yeah, I, I think that it's especially difficult when you are experiencing uh, stress and then you're also responsible for little humans that are unable to um, express their own emotions and they kind of lean on you to not only you know be in control of yourself but also other other people it's, it's a lot of responsibility and I think it makes sense that there would be a significant uh, feeling of burnout around yeah. that yeah and, and along with that of course uh, not, I guess goes hand in hand with parental burnout would be relationship burnout we'll get into that a bit and caregiver burnout you know this is becoming increasingly more and more uh, of a, an issue that I've come across and that's you know taking care of elderly parents or a special need child uh, you know burnout is a real problem and a very challenging problem 
but but the one thing that's significant is that you know burnout doesn't just begin you wake up one morning and you're burnt out it's a gradual kind of thing that starts you know it's a death by a thousand cuts and you slowly begin to bleed until finally the burnout just evolves into a real condition but before we get into that i'm going to lead us in with a song i always love this song it is about a coal miner so let me play a few bars and then we'll see what you think okay okay are you ready to go into the coal mines with me <laughs> yes are you ready to feel the dark clammy cold 50 Oof. degrees of being in that mine and needing to do that coal shoveling every single day oh my gosh i don't know if i would survive okay you ready here we go You load 16 tons, and what do you get? You get another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me, cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. So you, do you ever feel like you've loaded 16 <laughs> I don't tons? even think that any experience I've ever had could be remotely relative to what those people have to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> but I guess that feeling is, uh, sorry, I was going to say like that feeling, I, I guess, is parallel to what others feel above ground. <laughs> That's right. And and the, the last part of that verse was, and I owe my soul to the company store. So, you know, it's it's like you're in debt, you're trapped. And I think sometimes, you know, we feel that way. And when, and that's a toxic kind of stew. When you're at a job that you, you absolutely loathe and your boss is really just not appreciating you and is downright mean to you, et cetera, et cetera. When you're in that dead end, when you're in a coal mine kind of job, it is, it is really difficult when you're feeling trapped. And you may be trapped because you have a family and you have to bring home that paycheck. So that that's really, I think, the the kind of um, infusion of stress that really produces the burnout. So let's let's talk about the culprit, the primary culprit of burnout, and that's stress. What, what would you say about mm. work burnout? Well, I think probably what's very important is to take time to reflect on what exactly is stressing you out, because as we know, sometimes. Sometimes stress does come from external obligations and expectations, but often it also comes from our own projections and like our own negative uh, clinging to certain things. So there might be an area in your work that you are making worse by just sort of like um, focusing on it. You're putting your energy into the places that are negative, And maybe by doing that, you're missing some of the things that might make life a little bit more tolerable, noticing some of the positives or even neutral. Yeah, I, I guess we all have a tendency sometimes, you know, we, we get our toes stepped on and, and then we tend to kind of narrow our focus and we become tunnel visioned. You know, we don't see the possibilities that do exist. And you're right. So sometimes we have to look around and we have to be careful not to paint, you know, with broad strokes and we need to look at our jobs and what we do and, and try to see if maybe we could see it from a different perspective. Definitely. That might help? Yeah, I know that, you know, I can't really relate to the burnout 
feeling in general because I've always been lucky enough to really enjoy my job. But I do, I think the closest I could get is to think about sort of like those long winter months uh, where, you know, waking up in the cold and getting to work. And sometimes I think you can get stuck in a routine and things become just sort of like rote and mundane. And as a teacher, like I, it's a little different because we have an opportunity to work with young children, which kind of, you know, never really gets boring. But I remember sort of pumping myself up right around like February, March, which are kind of long months, long, dark, cold months around here and changing my perspective from I have to go to work to I get to go to work and I have the opportunity to be around these children that are sharing their moment of childhood with me. And so just sort of shifting the way you view it uh, can be helpful. And I know that that's easier Mm -hmm. for someone like me whose job is relatively um, engaging, but I do think you can shift just as you catch yourself, you know, and and even no matter what Mm -hmm. it is, like you do have a job, so you can change it. Yeah. You know, you, you hit a few really important notes, and I think one of them is, is the mundane, when things become routine, not changing, and we, we find ourselves in like that rut. So how do we tell if we're, we're getting, uh, you know, into this place of being burnt out? Well, I think, first of all, we become stressed, and stress that becomes chronic leads to exhaustion, cynicism, um, we tend to feel useless or overworked maybe even some depressed feelings. You obviously begin to hate your job. Everything seems to get under your skin. Physical disturbances, especially in the gut, sleep disturbances. So these are tip-off signs that maybe you are headed towards burnout. And we need to really be careful because you know burnout is like a first cousin to depression. So, you know, these are serious kind of symptoms. So I know you, Lauren, and and I know that for you being a teacher, you know, you're connected in a very stimulating, and being a teacher, right? You tell me, tell me if this is true. Every day is, is, you know, there there is the mundane, I guess, curriculum, but but every day there are new challenges and and new creativities that arise. So it's never really a drudge. Unless you hate the job itself mm. and you're a selfish teacher. Yeah, that's that's pretty true. Although I do think it depends what you're what you're focusing on, because you can go through a day and just sort of, you know, follow the plan and block out the chance for inviting the moment, inviting the children to guide you. And I think that's where the burnout comes in. It's like when you're not actually enjoying each moment, instead, you're just like following the plan to get through the day. And uh, that, you know, it it can get boring for a teacher and for the students if that's the way you approach it. Yeah. I, before we go into maybe parenting and relationship, let's just go back to the workplace a second. Because I think it's important that we, we try to at least brainstorm a little bit about what do we do with the person that really doesn't have much of a choice? You know, you said you said earlier that we always have choices, and we, we've always pointed this out in all our podcasts that life is about choice, but sometimes it feels choiceless. 
when we have a, a family and we have to put, you know, it's this loading 16 tons, you know, sometimes you just have to do what you have to do. It's the practical, unselfish decision. So we have to live with our decision to do sometimes the intolerable. And and I know sometimes uh, I've worked with people who are really abused at work. Uh, they work with abusive uh, co-workers, partners, uh, bosses, uh, and yet, you know, sometimes you have to just fasten your seatbelt and find some coping strategies. And, and you've mentioned one before in, in terms of perspective and, and trying to find the, the possibilities of things being good. But I, I, I think that we, we need to dig a little deeper. What, what can you get out of something that seemingly seems um, like a dead end? Uh, how do you... Any clue how to get to those those little nuggets, and they may be small, that may be stimulating or may make you want to feel like you're doing something purposeful. Because one of the hallmarks of burnout is you feel useless. You feel like you're not doing anything worthwhile. So how do we how do we find some worthwhile elements in a job that is more or less counting beans? Any clue? Well, one thing that I do think is important to always remember is that the thing that we are doing, the what we are doing is not as important as the way we are doing it or the way we are being. So when you show up in a workplace, the job itself is part of your you know, job for the day, but also the way you're interacting with others, the way that you are like, you know, emanating a certain type of energy uh, around other people that changes the world as well. So it's not so much the what, but the how. And um, I, I think that gives us total control over our situation because it's not the situation itself. It's it's how do we uh, react and, and live within that situation. You know, you, you have taught me well in listening to you in these podcasts over the weeks. And one of the things I learned from you is that being present. Uh, so if we're at work and we hate our job, one one thing that I would suggest is really to practice, make an effort, and it will be an effort, to really just not drift off into all of our dislike and discord, but, but focus on the moment and realize that that moment has to be judged by you. So either you're going to declare that I hate this, or what if you just become very present and realize that you are the one that's determining the hatred. You know, it's a, it's a poison that you take. And and by taking that poison of dislike and hatred, you're, you're really infusing yourself with all of these problems. So does, does that fit the way you've been trying to coach me to learn more of being present? Yes, I think so. I do think that's definitely part of it. Um, not judging the situation for sure, accepting it fully. Uh, and I think... Another thing that you could do as well is try and go into your day with the intention of finding something positive, even if it's just one thing. And uh, I've done this experiment with people before when they were in difficult situations. And many people like to say, there's nothing good about my situation. And that is almost always untrue. So, you know, you can challenge yourself to really try to find those little specks of, of goodness or hope or whatever it is within your situation. And even just finding one little thing 
uh, that, that you can gravitate towards and just know that there's, there's something there. Uh, it just, it, it, it's refreshing for the mind to have something positive to balance out uh, the negativity. Yeah, one thing, I guess, I guess the, what I would add is, is, which I feel is, is really the, the uh, life force of being burnt out is wishing you were somewhere else. I think that's a killer. I think I think if you if you if you're sitting at a, a job that you hate, and you're constantly ruminating about how you hate it and wishing you were somewhere else, uh, that's a toxicity. I mean that that is you know you are as as you said earlier in this in the podcast is that these, this is a choice we're making, and sometimes it's a hard choice, but it's a choice that we're making. And one way to look at it is that. Whenever I make a choice, it either serves me or hurts me. So there's intrinsic motivation, and that's like you being a teacher and you love what you do and what you're doing is creative and, and certainly so important. And then there's uh, the extrinsic motivation where maybe you hate what you do, but you get a really nice paycheck and you have insurance and you get to you know, bring home that paycheck and feed the family and go on vacation. So there's intrinsic and extrinsic. It's nice if you could have both, but if you only have extrinsic motivation, you don't want to start getting into the rut of saying, well, I hate this job, but again, it serves you. It doesn't hurt you. What serves me? What hurts me? So now if it hurts you, on the other hand, then of course, maybe that job isn't for you. And maybe it is time to realize that, you know, your your life, your well-being, your mental health, uh, maybe you do have to start realizing that, you know, square, round peg, square hole. Maybe sometimes some jobs you're just not going to be able to tolerate and stay healthy. Right. Yeah. And they, they say a lot of times people are working for the weekends or, you know, a lot of teachers working for the summer. Uh, and, you know, I always reflect on that and think, you know, what about, you know, there's so much life being just thrown away if you're just waiting for that future date where you don't have to be doing the thing you're doing. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, trying to really understand that these days are so precious and, and they're numbered. And so how do we find meaning in a day, even when we're doing something you know, that's not necessarily completely yeah. fulfilling. No, I, you know, that's, that's, that's very, very important. And, and I think, I think that, you know, you and I are both fortunate to have the work and creative aspects of the jobs that we do, even though I'm becoming bored with this podcast, but it serves me so I'll go. So, so let's move on from workplace burnout which which does affect everything else and one of the things that the workplace can do is when we work is over we bring that stress home but let's talk specifically about relationship burnout you know where you, you kind of hit that wall with your partner now Lauren you're still a relatively new newlywed and you happen to be married to my son-in-law who I'm, I'm sure uh, would never burn you out or anyone else in this world. He's a fantastic guy. But but I want you to imagine that you're in a relationship where you kind of hit a wall, where it becomes kind of monotonous, frustrated. Well, what would you what would you say about what creates burnout in a relationship? Well, I would say partially it's probably um, attributed to taking the other person for granted, not really uh, fully 
seeing them in each day, like just sort of assuming that, you know, they'll be there the way they've always been instead of allowing there to be some newness for them to sort of change uh, and for you to be receptive to that. It's a relationship monotonous. Monotonous. Yeah, I guess it's just, you know, if you're, if you're going through the routines, which I think, you know, honestly, when even as newlyweds, when we both started going back to work, we were falling into this monotonous routine uh, and sort of missing out on those fun, exciting, new experiences that we had been having while we were home together during COVID. So I could see how the monotony could really wear away at a relationship because, um, you know, what makes it exciting is that you're actually um, experiencing one another as opposed to tolerating one another. So I think that routine and stress and exhaustion can all bring you in, inward instead of uh, outward to connect. Yeah, and, and, and I think what really greases the skids when it comes to burnout in a relationship is, is communication. When, when there isn't adequate communication and you begin to, uh, you know, kind of die the thousand, uh, death by a thousand cuts kind of thing, little by little, the relationship becomes stressful and the stress becomes chronic and we have more tension, more arguments, get into the blame game. So, so as a relationship deteriorates, it tends to kind of fall into this vortex of negativity and without communication, wow. So communicating, now that's, that's not an easy subject. We probably will have to do a whole podcast on that. Mm, but good. communication is all about fairness. It's about willing to take some risks and expose your feelings, your needs. Uh, it's about caring for the other. And as you said in many podcasts, it's about learning to really listen to the other person. What other communication skills do you think would be important? Well, I think communication with self is important uh, in its own way, too, like really listening to yourself and what what is it that you need uh, and then to be able to communicate that to another. Because, you know, a lot of times with the people close to us, we just assume that they should know what we need, that they should be aware that we're stressed or, you know, we're tired. And and a lot of times, you know, people don't know and it's not their fault. Like we have to be able to understand what are our needs and how do we communicate them in a way that will allow someone else to meet them for us. Mm. So maybe we should have, as again, going back, you know, you're, you've taught me a lot, but how do we have care days? What well, might be a care day? Mm, I love care days, self-care days. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Ex explain what a self-care care day would be because I'm so <laughs> well I think a self-care day is a day where I guess some people call it a mental health day where you kind of just you know abandon the things in your normal routine that don't need to be completed and you find some space to give yourself whatever it is that you need and it's different for everybody but I think space is really Mm -hmm. pretty common and what people are craving is is a little bit of time uh, that is uninterrupted and you can just connect with yourself and people mm -hmm. do that in all different ways depending on what works for them but I think mm -hmm. time space and often people mm -hmm. crave some quiet as well yeah uh, I think I think we also need to show our appreciation now what happens with 
especially longer term relationships is that we take a lot of things for granted, um, especially like saying thank you and that was really terrific and you're really terrific. So, so I think that we have to show that appreciation, and you know, and and with that goes some physical contact as well, not just sexual, but physical contact and intimacy. Have you ever heard of the uh, hormone and neurotransmitter oxytocin? Yes. The feel-good, empathy, trust, sex relationship hormone. Uh, that gets released when we are really in sync with our emotions towards someone. And it's the reinforcing chemical. When we, when we feel those empathetic, warm, fuzzy feelings, that's, that's what oxytocin does. I mean, if, if it were otherwise, we might be complacent in life when it came to relationships. Very important. Mm. I mean, we are structured to do what we do, and that is to relate and when we don't do what we do well, then, of course, we experience the other side, which is negativity, depression, anxiety, and relationship burnout. Yeah. I'm just disappointed because usually when you talk about brain chemicals, you personify them with a voice. Oh, oh an oxytocin voice. That's a challenge. Oh, I'm oxytocin. I, I think that I would like to relate better to my partner. Oh, that's pretty yeah. good. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so communication, it's based on fairness. It takes a little effort. And, you know, you really, you really have to get over any insecurities and especially defensiveness. Mm. You know, when you're protecting your ego, you know, you're not in, you're not in conflict. You're not in battle with your, in, you know, your partner. So, you know, you've got to stop acting like you have to protect yourself. What do you mean I didn't say that? And, you know, <laughs> sorry, <I'm, laughs> I get a little carried away. And, you know, so you have to calm things down to a manageable level and stay away from that defensive ego barrier that says, you know, that I'm in, I'm in some kind of danger that my partner might put me down or not value, you know, that's just not going to help you, your relationship or your life. Right. So why don't we go into one more area and let's call it life burnout. Um, mm -hmm. What let's talk about, you know, we can get burnt out just by life. You know, people become kind of sullen. Um, you know, everything is just lukewarm. You know, they go to work, yeah, it's one foot after another, it's kind of like this podcast, and you, know, you just do what you gotta do. And you're kind of you're kind of plodding along. You don't you don't have you know any great enthusiasm. You're mildly, mildly depressed, but yeah, you know, it's life. Right? Right. What would you say about life burnout? Are you yeah, you, you've never been burnt out yet, have you? Maybe by the end end of this podcast you will be. Yeah, I'm getting there. No. There you go. <laughs> I wonder if burnout is contagious too, by the way. Um, because when mm. you're saying this podcast is so boring, it like kind of makes me, you know. I've never <laughs> said it before. <laughs> I don't know what I you never, said, but you're like. I've never said it before. Your burnt out voice is, uh, you know, but I do, sure. I think that negativity is contagious. So if you're around a spouse or a partner or a friend that's. Uh that's burnt that's out a good point. Or, yeah, or if your co-workers are burnt out you know that's the, it's easy to get sort of trapped in that yeah i love that yeah you, you're i 
that is something that is so true. I never thought of that. When when you're around, around a, a, a negative Nancy, uh, well, there's some other terms for it, but when you're around someone who's a Debbie Downer. <laughs> Poor Debbie and Nancy. I know. I have to get some male, male references. <laughs> but but basically, it, it, it kind of ruins your day, doesn't it? It brings you down. It is, yeah, it's contagious. That, that's, Lauren, you, you've hit the, you, you've awakened my, my burnt out feelings about this podcast. You've given me hope from the hopeless depths that I was in. I, I, I can't tell you what that, that insight has done for me. Yeah, well, I, I think that it is really important to realize who you're surrounding yourself with, especially if you have a choice. You know, you know, let's let's stick with this life burnout a little bit because it's it intrigues me. You know, it's first of all, I would say one of the things that's probably missing in someone that feels burnt out is passion. You know, someone that doesn't have hobbies or interests, passionless people. Now, that's a tough one. I I, I know that uh, you know finding passion is is very elusive for some people. Do you have any suggestions for the passionless among us? I think that also comes with allowing yourself time and space. So giving yourself the those self-care days, or it doesn't even have to be a day. It could be an hour or a half hour uh, where you can connect to yourself and, and figure out what you're passionate about. It's, it's difficult to uh, find passions when you are doing the daily grind because in in a routine and in um a world where you have a thousand expectations that you need to rise to each day uh it's really hard to ask yourself like what do i even care about uh and i think to give yourself time to just think about that question like what are the things that bring me joy and what are the things that bring me meaning and once you can answer those questions you can try and find ways to weave them into your life, whether it's through work or friends or community service or whatever it might be, or a hobby. But I think that- I'm sorry, again, some people are opaque to to really seeing the light. You know, they, I'm thinking of patients that come in week after week um, and they just they just can't find it. And, and it, you know, it could be anything. So, you know, I, I tend to think that the culprit in that kind of situation isn't so much that it doesn't exist. I mean, obviously, we live in a world with infinite possibilities, but somehow we're in our way. We are in our way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important to realize that when your attitude or your mindset is, is set in a limiting way, that we, we tend to reduce our vision you know, we tend to get myopic about our possibilities. So I, I think that we need to somehow open ourselves up to life's possibilities. And and I think it begins, what we always say, by being present and calming down, getting away from all the negative chatter, and, and kind of just being more receptive. And it might have to find us. You know, it, it has to it has to maybe come into our life. But if, if the door is closed, it ain't coming in, right? That's definitely true. I agree with that. And I think that another layer on this, too, is that a lot of people almost uh, assign guilt to frivolous passions. You know, it's like they they believe life is supposed to be hard. And that within that belief, like you said, it's it's just incredibly limiting because you wind up shutting out the things that could bring 
joy and meaning, which, which are not hard. <laughs> There's like an element of ease associated with those things. So, so yes, I think that uh, it, is, it is important when whatever you burn out, whatever the source, um, we mentioned just earlier, I mentioned about caretaker burnout. You know, sometimes when we have, uh, you know, a, a responsibility for elderly parents, for a special needs child, for, for, for just many children running around in a, in a COVID household without any outlet, uh, we, we run out of options and we feel rather helpless and hopeless. It's very important to be careful about your mental health in these situations because stress is cumulative and and it really it really requires that self-care that you always talk about Lauren and somehow even between those moments that that really tax us we need to find those moments that we can retreat to you have to take responsibility that when you are in a an unrelenting stressful situation it is very, very important to you to realize that you're not a machine and eventually your emotions are going to exhaust you. You're going to feel depleted. You're going to want to throw your hands up and scream or cry or get depressed or not get out of bed. But you need to kind of work in between those emotions and find the encouragement. And, and like you said, you know, the encouragement may come from someone else. It may come from a, a soulful person in your life or a partner. I feel that we need to motivate those around us, especially those that are falling prey to difficult times. Mm. But before I go, you know what time it is? Oh, it's pep talk time. That's it. No, can I have a little enthusiasm? What? I thought that was enthusiastic. No, it was not. Okay, let me try again. Come on, I'm burnt out today. I need to feel the contagious okay. optimism. Okay, hold on. Lauren, do you know what time it is? Is it pep talk time? That's better. Okay. Thank you. Yes, it is self-coaching. <laughs> it is self-coaching pep talk time. Woo! And today's pep talk is burnt out. Feel like you're in a hole? The best advice when you find yourself in a hole is stop digging. And when facing any life challenge, especially one that presents chronic, challenging stress, passively allowing worrisome doubts, fears, or negatives to spin endlessly is a surefire way of digging your way into an anxiety attack or even a depression. Maybe you can't figure out how to get out of your hole, at least not at the moment but you sure as hell don't have to make matters worse. Handle each day, one day at a time. Find ways to care for yourself. And most importantly, don't add needless, ruminative, shabby thinking to your problems. Are you asleep? No, I'm just absorbing all of your brilliant words. <laughs> We're at the end of our wonderful burnt out podcast. And I am no longer burnt out. Oh, great. Thank you. Looking forward to our next podcast and the one after that. Uh, so as I do every week, I shall ask you fruitlessly, <laughs> what, what closing comments do you have for today? Uh, my closing comments today would be, uh, in order to avoid burnout or try to uh, climb your way out of burnout, I would just suggest trying to find moments of time throughout your day that you can connect to yourself and your desire and to possibly give yourself 
something of substance in that moment, whether it's a deep breath into your body, whether it's like a calming visualization, your favorite cup of coffee, a playlist on your way to work, um, just find little ways to try and shift that momentum. And you might be surprised that the little ways in the tiny moments, uh, they add up. I actually had a closing comment. Yeah, I did. Oh, I wanted to surprise you. I, you know, you, you, you've kind of knocked my closing comment right out of my mind. That was just so surprising. <laughs> usually, you, usually you're so unprepared. I know. I'm trying to change your belief about me. So I'm so No, I'm, I'm very impressed. So I guess, I guess, I guess we'll wrap it up. And now that you've got me out of my burnout, <laughs> um, I, I guess that's it. I mean, it's kind of sad because now that I'm not burnt down, I, I hate to have to stop. But yeah, there's always next week, right? Yes, there's always next week. <laughs> and visit our websites, selfcoaching.net and selfstudioslearning, one word, dot com. And at selfcoaching.net, you'll find where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out my number one best-selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join my never-to-be-burnt-out daughter, Lauren, and me every week. And let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Oh.